0: Hello to our listeners and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Off-Campus Chats, where we hear from community leaders about Boston.
1: My name is Caitlin, And I'm Angelina. And a little bit about us, we are community ambassadors with the Northeastern Off-Campus Housing and Support Services Office. And when we aren't advising students in the office, we are finding new ways to connect Northeastern students to their off-campus communities.
0: In this series, we'll feature conversations with leaders from different Boston communities. Our goal is to introduce them to all of you and showcase their projects and initiatives that you might be able to get involved with.
1: Today, we have a very special guest. Um, we'll be talking with Robert Cordenbrock, who's the Executive Director of the Fenway Community Center.
0: Hi, Robert. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Let's start with a general introduction. Um, go ahead and Tell us a little more about yourself and what your role in the Fenway community
2: is. Sure. So I've been with Fenway Community Center for about four years as the executive director. Uh, and it that role entails a little bit of everything. So thinking strategically about how to kind of support the community center and raise money, but also programming and promotion. And um, yeah, just making, making the Fenway community aware that there is this wonderful community center space. Otherwise, I've been in Boston now. I I came out here for an AmeriCorps program about 15 years ago now, which makes me feel old even saying that. Uh, And since that time, I worked in a variety of after-school programs and corporate social responsibility consulting. And I've been, as I said, I've been at FCC for about four years now.
0: And I know you shared a little bit about your AmeriCorps past, but what ultimately brought you to this role?
2: What brought me to the role, kind of the the best perk initially, was that I lived up the street on Boylston, across from the Victory Gardens. So that was not the reason why I pursued and accepted the role, but it was certainly a nice benefit. As I'm sure all of your listeners also think about, you know, living in Fenway and the proximity to, to campus and that's that's a real real nice perk. But otherwise, um, I, in the spring of 2018, I was wrapping up uh, a graduate program. Uh, I'll say it quietly, but over at BU, uh, I was getting my MBA and uh, there's a social impact program there. And so at that time, or prior to that uh, evening program, I had been working primarily in kind of volunteer engagement and I mentioned before, but corporate social responsibility. So the basic concepts being connecting private businesses to nonprofit organizations and really specifically this um, interesting kind of approach called pro bono consulting or skills-based volunteering. So I I won't go too far into this, but the the gist of it is um, working with a marketing department from maybe the Red Sox or or, a business and having those marketing professionals, volunteer with an organization like FCC to kind of impart their wisdom in marketing in a way to build the capacity of nonprofit organizations. So as I was wrapping up that graduate program, I was kind of thinking about opportunities to lead nonprofit organizations and everything kind of fell into place, not to, not to kind of skim over like the process and everything, but it really just all worked out given the proximity and what I wanted to do. And FCC was, still is, but was a very young organization just kind of starting up. So it was a real opportunity to have a lot of say and autonomy and kind of what what the organization was ultimately going to look like.
1: Yeah, thanks for answering all that. It's really, really powerful to hear about your work in bridging kind of the private and the nonprofit sector and your interest in corporate social responsibility is also really inspiring. Um, thanks. Yeah. We'd love to hear you share a story or some kind of impactful interaction that you've had in your time with the FCC.
2: So I'm going to cheat and give two, but I'll be, I'll be as quick as possible with these two. So the the first one is, is more recent and it has been the center for almost everyone's life for the last almost three years now, or coming up on three years, uh, the pandemic. So When everything shut down in March of 2020, um, I, like everyone else, first was frozen and kind of panicked. What was going on? Are we gonna all be okay? But then my colleagues and I, our our mindset shifted to, what could we do to support the the Fenway neighborhood? And, And the mission of FCC is really centered on being a gathering place to provide resources and programs to enrich the lives of all Fenway residents. And so, One of our board members had this idea that I was able to kind of help to move forward, which was this concept called Fenway Cares. And so Fenway Cares um, initially was gathering information and gathering kind of requests from community members if people needed help picking up a prescription or getting groceries or even someone to speak with on the phone. That was the, the initial concept, but really going a little bit further, how to bring local organizations together to do this collaboratively rather than kind of all proceeding in our own siloed approaches to this pandemic that was affecting the entire world and so Fenway Cares came from that and fast forward now to March 2022 um, Fenway Cares is six local organizations uh, I will list them off from the top of my head I'll do my best but so Fenway Community Center the Fenway Civic Association, the Fenway Community Development Corporation, or the CDC, um, the Audubon Circle Neighborhood Association, the Fenway Alliance, and Operation Peace. I'm really proud of myself for remembering all of those in my old age. Um, So Fenway Cares, what we do now is every two weeks, we distribute about 350 free bags of produce to community members who are food insecure or who, who are just generally in need. And that's something that we do both out of the community center, but also uh, in e- what we call East Fenway over by the Whole Foods and Symphony. Um, and so today actually happens to be one of those distribution dates. And so my first plug on the podcast is saying anyone, any Northeastern student who would like to volunteer and get involved, take a look at the site, fenwaycommunitycenter.org slash fenwaycares, uh, or I'm sure you'll share my contact information. And we're always um, interested in groups or individuals of students and local residents to volunteer and kind of support the cause. So that's that's kind of the most immediate thing where I, I'm really proud to have played even a small role in supporting the neighborhood. Um, and kind of the, the big achievement coming out of all this is that we've had a number of local officials, representatives volunteer and get involved and become aware of Fenway Cares. And so uh, State Representative Jay Livingstone wrote into the state budget for 2022 um, a special line item to fund Fenway Cares. And so we received about $50,000 $50, or so, which will fund these distributions through 2022 and into 2023. So that's, that's a really nice thing. Then the other thing that I'll mention, which is pre-pandemic, which feels like a lifetime ago, and I'm sure for some of your listeners, they weren't in college at the time, um, but we partnered with Northeastern and a number of student groups to host a youth voter forum at the community center, and so this would have been the fall of 2019, if I can remember all these years correctly at this point. But so that was co-organized with the student Democrats and student Republicans from Northeastern, and it was a voting forum for the candidates for city councilor for the district that represents Fenway and Mission Hill and Back Bay, and that was, I think, just a really wonderful example of collaboration with students who were civically minded and interested in kind of getting more more of their peers involved. And we had all of the candidates appear at that event, including now Mayor Wu. uh, And it was just a a really positive, wonderful evening. Unfortunately, a couple months later, we were shut down for for a year and a half. And so We lost some of that momentum, but hopefully this can be this podcast can be kind of a jumping off point for um, some future partnership opportunities with with Northeastern students.
1: That was extremely robust and I really appreciate it. I actually never knew about the the past collaboration with Northeastern, but I'm definitely excited to maybe start something up for the future, maybe starting with this podcast, but um, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, could you just speak a little more about what the most rewarding part of your job is at the FCC?
2: Sure. It, it really boils down to being able to interact with community members. Uh, I'm I'm originally from the Midwest, so that, that may have something to do with it. And, and I'm sure many Northeastern students are not from Boston, but I have always been the type of person um, who walking around Boston will say hello to people, and I, I'm not exactly quite so outgoing. Where I'm like striking up a conversation with everyone who's in line, just waiting to get through, you know, the, the line at Shaw's or anything. But I, I do enjoy interacting with people. And prior to some of the work that I was doing in corporate social responsibility and volunteer engagement, I was running after school programs and working really closely with. Um, K-8 through students and their families. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted my next role to be, um, I I, I realized that I wanted something where I could have a role, a leadership role, where I could help to set a vision and think strategically for an organization, but also be in a role where I was able to interact and, and make that connection between the work that I was doing at my desk and the people who are being impacted by it. And that's that's something that's kind of motivated me throughout my career. And, and I am one of those people and hopefully, well, this, this will hopefully connect with some of your listeners. I can remember the class that I took as an undergrad student more than 15 years ago now, uh, that really inspired me to go on this path to helping and working with others. And it was an inequalities in education course, it set me on this path to become a teacher, which I was for a few years, um, and that's just kind of been central to to what I wanted to do in my career. So to kind of boil it down to a, a shorter answer, it's most rewarding to see the people who come into the community center and have conversations and to just to get to know people. It, it's not and it's not central to my satisfaction or what's rewarding that they say, Robert, because of you, these things have happened for me, or I feel happier or more fulfilled because of this, but just, just knowing that the work that I'm doing, there are people who are being positively affected, um, and coming into the center. That's, that's really the most rewarding part.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, something a big part of our office's messaging is the being a good neighbor. So I think what you said really resounds with me personally and also what we've been trying to pass on to students about being a good neighbor, being involved in the community and understanding that living off campus means that you're not only living you know, with your roommates or in your apartment, it means you're living in a community of people, many of whom have been there for years. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is there anything that students should know about the Fenway Community Center or maybe more broadly about the Fenway neighborhood or community?
2: The point that you just made, Angelina, that, that that being a good neighbor aspect of of the off campus support service office, if I if I got the full name correctly, um, is is there? Fenway is a very complex but unbelievably unique neighborhood. What what a lot of the listeners who are undergrad students or even grad students at this point wouldn't know is that ten years ago. Fenway looked incredibly different than what it looks like now where FCC sits and um well I'll just share that we we share a hallway with Blaze Pizza right on Boylston in Jersey so if if you if you and your colleagues or peers haven't been to FCC I'm sure most of you have been to Blaze at some point um but where FCC sits right now used to be a McDonald's where right next to Shaw's where that Tate is now that used to be a Burger King all all of this strip of Boylston looked completely different 10 years ago. And so kind of what it's, I think it's important for students to understand is that there is a really rich and diverse history, socioeconomically and otherwise, in the Fenway neighborhood. And while people may think of and see these high rises in these luxury apartment complexes, there are families who have lived here for generations. There are seniors who are living on fixed incomes. It's Kind of anyone and everyone who you might think could live in a neighborhood does live in Fenway. And so I, I think that's kind of a starting point. I, I think otherwise there can there can sometimes be a, a misconception or or a perception that Fenway is just the Red Sox and students. Because obviously Northeastern is a, a large university, but there's BU and um, mass art. Uh, all of these universities, colleges of the Fenway, all in this this small area. And people don't always realize, kind of going back to my other point, that, that there is this robust community. But kind of connected to that, there can be the perception that students aren't interested in being a good neighbor, aren't interested in contributing and getting involved and in kind of doing things in a neighborhood other than enjoying their college experience and going to Target or kind of being people who are living here short term. And so I think that's something in which there, there's a real opportunity and, and excitement from my end, and I know from yours as well, to to really lean into that concept of being a good neighbor. Um, the last thing that I'll say for right now, kind of what I would want students to know about FCC is that we are open and we are available for students to come in and reserve space at no cost during our operating hours. So whether that is a a group that's looking to meet preparing a a group project or students who are studying for an exam or finals. Right now, our hours are a little scaled back. We're doing 11 to 5, but in the near future, we anticipate expanding back to our standard hours of closer to 10 until 7 or 8 in the evening um, and weekend hours of 10 until 1. Um, and, And we're just a space where students can come You don't have to have a membership to come in here. You don't have to buy a cup of coffee to sit down and use our Wi-Fi. Or as I really want to plug, we have a brand new work bar uh, in the front windows facing Jersey Street that has outlets and rotating stools, all the things that I care about when I think about a cafe in a place where I want to study and not be bothered. Um, We now have that here that was just installed through partnership with a couple of local companies in the last month.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciated your perspective and just fleshing out the idea of a neighborhood as a really complex ecosystem with lots of folks living and working together. And I think that the program of Fenway Cares is super important and definitely highlights, you know, the kind of diversity that is in all the neighborhoods. So, yeah, you shared a lot, but we like to end with kind of handing the mic off to the folks that we're interviewing. So is there any issue or topic that you'd like to promote on the show or anything else you'd like our listeners to know before we close out?
2: I I think opportunities that exist outside of what I already mentioned as far as a study location or a meeting space is if, if listeners have a passion for or a skill in a certain area that they would like to share with the community, Fenway Community Center can be that that space to do that. So whether that's someone who is interested in spoken word poetry, or if it's someone who has a dance background, or if it's someone who thinks that, you know, they're taking an interesting class, I'll use the marketing example again, or, or something otherwise, and you want to try it out in a real world setting, I quote, air quotes, real world, because obviously, you know, Northeastern is real world as well. FCC can be that place. We're always looking for volunteers. That We have hired students in the past to come in and lead programs and to support the work that we do. And so there's kind of that other side of things. You can definitely come in and, and utilize our beautiful new space. Or if you would like to get involved further, whether it's FCC or Fenway Cares as a larger initiative, we, we are very open to and excited to to explore new new ways to do that. And we're excited to continue doing that into the future.
1: Thanks so much, Robert. Yeah, that that really that that's really resounding with me because um, Northeastern students are always looking for an opportunity to get involved. You know, we have the co-op program. We were always on the search for career opportunities, volunteer opportunities, just really anything to be impactful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I know our listeners really will really enjoy that. Um, and thank you to our listeners for joining us today Um, you should stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be focusing on the mission hill community which is another one of the communities that touches northeastern and one that we interact with heavily Um, and we have an exciting conversation lined up with mission hill main streets so um, be cool stay well everyone and we'll see you next time thank you